You're listening to The Togetherings, hosted by the Alaska Humanities Forum. The Togetherings are recorded conversations with Alaskans from all walks of life, sharing their perspectives on big questions that touch us all. Each series shares a common theme that is explored across episodes. Hello and welcome to The Two Gatherings, hosted by the Alaska Humanities Forum. My name is Simone Tamignano and I'm your host tonight. This is the first Two Gathering, a series of three participatory conversations conceived around a central theme. The theme of this first series of Two Gatherings is taboos. And um, in this series, we'll explore three themes, rage, death, and shame. And tonight's topic is rage. Before we start this conversation tonight, let's take a moment to acknowledge the place where we are. This studio of Out North Radio is located in Anchorage on the traditional land of the Denaina people. Live on the phone with us, we have Leah Moss and Jesus Landin Torres III, who will participate in tonight's conversation about rage. Well, let's connect with Leah and Isus. Uh, they're going to kick off our conversation about rage. So hi, Leah, and hi, Isus, and thank you for being with us tonight. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I would say uh, just let's jump in and let's start this conversation with the question, is rage necessary? So I'm going to pass it on to you, Leah and Isus. Is rage necessary? Uh, I mean, I think rage is as necessary as anything else. So I guess, yes. Yeah, I mean, yes, I do believe that rage is necessary. I don't necessarily equate rage with something that is always aggressive or or violent, I guess. Is. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I think that rage is a, is a necessary thing in our lives and that it is a part of us. I, I think trying to sublimate rage and pretend that it doesn't exist trying to quiet it and make it into something else uh, is a lie to yourself. And I think especially in these times where things are confusing and uncertain, um, rage is a very natural response. Um, How you use that rage, I think, can be manifested in a lot of different ways. But I think productive rage is absolutely necessary uh, to us moving forward as a society. I would I would have to agree with that, actually, wholeheartedly. Um, actually, actually, but I uh, I think that that it's interesting to me when you when we think of rage and and I feel like we actually have less rage now than we have. Or less, maybe, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. I guess I'm, I bet I'd be completely wrong. I was, like, trying to think maybe that in society we actually have less kind of aggressive rage and more silent rage, maybe? I think that it depends on who you are, right? I think that there is um, an, incur- I think that societally for you to be accepted in, in our world, that especially if you're on the left-leaning side of politics, being angry or being rage-filled is unproductive and as seen as something that isn't positive towards our cause. Whereas I think uh, I would say that right-wing fundamentalists have embraced rage and feed rage in people or movements 
um, encouraging aggression and isolationism out of that rage. Um, so I think some people are using it, and I think that it is very loud in certain sectors of our world. I think it's we've made it such a taboo to be angry or to be enraged about something that we no longer know how to use it well and other people do and they organize with it and they make it manifest in policy and movement and it's that part is terrifying mm-hmm. <laughs> but could we use it could could people on full spectrum utilize their rage better mm-hmm. well uh indra here at nor radio i think she has a question or uh... yeah i'm I'm just a techie here, but I I don't know what you mean by rage. What is rage? I guess your question is what is rage in kind of like a larger in a larger sense. Yeah. I I think that's a really great question, and I think that would actually be a question more so for Simonetta, considering like what like I I was thinking about about that also like all basically like the different kinds of rage and are we talking about rage in a political sense? Are we talking about it in a personal sense? Are we talking internally, externally? Yada, yada, yada. Well, this is a pretty uh, open conversation about rage. So I guess uh, uh, the question is, well, I, I feel like the question is pretty open and you can kind of like go anywhere with it, you know? Um, Leah, do you have any uh, uh, thoughts on that or, did, or on what is rage? Well, I mean, I can can only speak to my understanding of what rage is. And my, to me, rage is something that comes from within, that comes from a space of fear, a space of unknowing, a space of frustration and anxiety. Um, It is a manifestation of all those things. It is something that feels like a fire inside of you that makes you feel more... I mean, I, not to be redundant, rage-filled, but like, I think it. I think it can. I think. I mean, if we want to have the specifics of a conversation about it, I think we need to come to a kind of cohesive understanding of what we're talking about, right? Like, maybe I'm just talking about fear, right? Is that and how that can manifest and how that can make you feel lost and confused and you don't know what to do with those emotions so it just manifests in this fall of something yeah i guess my feelings on it or in in thinking about this conversation were you know obviously just thinking about it in kind of a current context right and the and the fact of like the current situation that we're in and the, the, the news or maybe even lack of it that we get every day, I feel like a lot of people should probably feel very enraged right now. Um, I know I do a lot. Um, I think, you know, um, like Leah said, like I, I think rage stems from fear I think it stems a lot from abandonment um, because I think, you know, if, you know, 
and, and this is, you know, a very psychological way of looking at it, but, you know, and, and I think I'm thinking of it, you know, dealing with my own rage issues as a young child dealing with trauma, you know, and yeah, I guess, you know, personally, it's like we use our, as we get more mature, we don't, you don't see rage coming out, you know, or we learn how to cope with our rage. Um, but then, you know, you get a president like ours, you obviously you see the lack of maturity and the rage that is just there that then feels tons of other people's rage and everyone feels like that and that's all of a sudden an okay place to be. I don't know. I'm sorry. I just went on a rant. Oh, no, no need to apologize. I think that you you bring up a good point, though. Is like when we see someone who hasn't learned how to mitigate that rage or utilize that rage into healthy avenues into either it be art or expression in some other way. Someone who just is pure childish, infantile rage, it does bring out the uglier parts of humanity. But is that rage's fault, or is that people who haven't learned good coping mechanisms' fault? Or is it our society's fault? I mean, we could just say it's all capitalism's fault if we want to, but... Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it kind of... <laughs> <laughs> well, on this note, on this note, on you, based on your kind of last thought, Leah, um, what's rage for? Like, that's my question at this point. What, what's rage for? I mean, for me, rage and is something that makes me seek justice. Rage is something that makes me try to find empathy and try to find connection to other people because I think that there is this underlying rage in all of us that the systems don't work for us, that the systems really, really don't work for other people. And if you have any level of empathy that can motivate you in that rage to do the work to make things better. Like, I definitely cannot tell you what rage is for. <laughs> um, like... But I think that it's, I, I don't know, like, I, I get excited when I hear it. I can tell you that much. <laughs> like, I get excited at the idea of, of like, there's, there's definitely a positive about rage. Like, if you, like, what is it? Uh, um, Dylan Thomas, that poem, and it's like, rage against the light, rage, rage, and it's like, like those ideas of like this kind of like, you know, like justing something or like, I don't know. There's something about it. I don't know why it's, I guess it's rage can also be a really romantic thing. Um, and I remember, I know definitely as a child, I, I grasped on to that as like a, as a way to express myself and I think that I mean I think rage is for expression I guess that would be my answer what is rage for is for expression and yeah and yeah. and you can't and I mean it's just like any any other form of expression 
sometimes some people are good at it and some people just really aren't. I think there's something to be said also for this idea of the way that it it instigates and it feels like that visceralness to it. I think within our society, we are very much sublimated to consumption and to making things easy. White dominant culture has this idea that comfort is important and that we shouldn't be uncomfortable in spaces um, and that things shouldn't be uncomfortable. But rage is uncomfortable. And I think anything that makes things uncomfortable also pushes back at the status quo and pushes us towards doing something to change, to not just stay in the stasis of like, well, I guess I can put on Netflix and look at my Instagram for a few hours and feel somewhat connected to humanity. I think it's a much more guttural connection that we can all share is that we're we're enraged. We're enraged. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I find it interesting um, like how I would say maybe um, people that are more left or radical like like me and Leah would would look at rage and uh, would have our like our relationship to rage would be very different than like you know obviously someone who would be on the other side of the aisle or whatever like someone more conservative um but like when thinking about it, I guess like how much rage there is in kind of like all of the kind of media that we're, we're, we're affected by every day, whether it's trolls, whether it's our president, whether it's president troll, <laughs> or whether it's, um, you know, like, you know, violence or on TV, you know, like all of those things. Those are all also kind of, I don't know, are they rage inducing? Am I just mixing up rage with violence? Maybe I am. Um, this is Indra. I had another. Oh, I had yeah. another. I had another question, which is, um, what is the difference between rage and anger? Is rage a continuation of it? Um, also, do you know if there's a physical reason for it? I know for fear there is. You know, so is there a physical reason for rage? And also, you know, uh, speaking to the comment that Jesus just made about. Um, you know, whether th that it's, it depends on where you are in the spectrum of like left to right or whatever you want to call it, is rage really a sense of hopelessness or helplessness? I mean, I think I would have to say, I mean, you pretty much summed a lot of that up like really, really well, Indra. Um, I think rage is a sense of helplessness. Um, I don't know like I probably you know we could probably like do a really quick google search and find out kind of where I know that rage fits within anger because I've done like workshops on anger and uh and I know rage is um like a stem of anger like the anger cloud or whatever you'd want to call that um and that and then I also remember that it definitely has to deal with like this kind of helplessness, abandonment, like those kind of, those things usually are, are kind of like the 10, 10 of why we rage. Um, and, and actually funny, one of the other things I remember is that you either, like, you either get like that point 
because you're really fearful or because you're just simply trying to manipulate people to do what you want to do, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I think that rage and anger are definitely go hand in hand. I think that it's also, it's like where fear and anger overlap. Um, I think that there is, um, you know, there's the, the fight or flight response that we all have in moments. I think it is more like just a pure manifestation of the fight um, aspect of that. Um, not necessarily manifesting in physical violence or verbal violence, but just that there's that fight in us to survive. Um, and I think rage taps into that. So I got a question for the group of people that are talking here. I'm curious about what could be or positive ways of expressing rage. Like if if this if rage is something we have and rage is and we don't want it to like fester and bottle up and become you know a school shooting or like the millions because that you know that is rage enacted right and so. So if there's, if we need a valve, like what, I, I, I guess my question would be like, what are like, maybe some, are there any even crazy ideas of like ways that like, good ways of coping with rage or even societal, out, different outlook on rage perspective? I don't know. Well, I, I think that um, there's kind of two parts to that in that like, when we talk about a societal perspective on okay ways of rage i think that depending on who you are in society you're allowed to express rage in different ways i think that you know if we we walk ourselves down the hierarchy of who's allowed to be mad right just simply that like who's allowed to be the angry person in the room right i think that as you get more feminine leading and browner you're allowed you're less allowed to be mad you're less allowed to show that rage because that is pushing against the status quo of what's okay. But, you know, as you're at the top of that food chain of the white dominant culture, that's where it's safer to do all sorts of weird expressions of rage. Um, And that, that to me is the the tricky thing, right? It's like, I think that it's a, we share a rage, but who's allowed to express it? And in what ways, you know, what, what ways are healthy? Is that healthiness decided by us, the individual, or is that our society telling us? And is that the problem, right? And this is the perfect segue to yeah. the next question I, I wanted to ask is, who is the right? Who has the right to be outraged? Uh, I think, Leah, you touched on that, but I think uh, it is interesting uh, trying to you know, go deeper in, into this into this question. Who has the right to be outraged? I mean, I mean the the answer. My answer would be everyone has the right to rage, you know, or to be outraged about something. It's just like you know, like no matter what, there's something that someone will be outraged about, whether it's, even if it's remedial to another person, that doesn't mean. Like, we don't know other people's stories, so we can't. Like, I think everyone does. Everyone has the right. But I do definitely think that there are people who maybe, like, if there's there's people that I feel personally have more right to 
the outrage. And I would say, you know, of course, you know, underprivileged people, people who are getting, you know, uh, 99% of the people in capitalism deserve to be outraged. 1% really don't. I think we have somebody on the line who'd like to uh, join the conversation. This is for me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, My name is Kara, and I'm calling from Anchorage. And I um, work in education, and I think about rage all the time with students um, and the students that are allowed to show rage um, and how they show rage. And I haven't really had an issue with my students' rage. I realize that there's things going on with them um, and that it's really not about me as a teacher. But what I've seen with teachers is that they they immediately stop any expression of rage, especially from um, brown and black females, as um, Leah was saying. And I wonder, what can we do to help people, like teachers or people in authority, figure, like, how can we help them deal with others' rage? That's kind of the thing that I want to talk about. The idea being, like, what can teachers do to help students be able to more healthily express their rage in that right. space of education? Um, does that sound about right? Yes. Well, I mean, uh, Karas, um, go ahead if you... I, I feel like I want to clarify because I I don't have an issue. <laughs> it's like I have an issue. Yeah, I um, authority figures. Yeah, I I, the, I I was a teacher briefly, and I worked with a lot of um, troubled troubled is a nice word uh, youth. Um, and I have to say that I am not an expert on that at all. That is a complicated, well trained, mad respect for teachers. Because there's a lot going on and a lot of different feelings, a lot of hormones, a lot of things happening. And in a shared space where crowd control is a somewhat necessary aspect of education. Um, but or do we need to shift our whole pedagogy about how we look at education? Do we need to open it up so that more people can feel that they can be their full selves? I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, my feelings would be I also am far from an expert on such things, but I have taught before and I've definitely, you know, I've worked in, um, uh, like I've worked with young children with, you know, I would just say they came from difficult backgrounds, um, you know, I myself did. I guess the first, all in all, I'd say um, anyone who has any kind of feelings with rage or questions or, or sees that especially in children, I would say, you know, contact a psychologist. Like, that is, like, I, I mean, I know I didn't. It took me until I was into my 30s before I started going to see um, a therapist or a psychologist to deal with a lot of these things that, you know, when I was a child, I was put in special classes because I would act out because I didn't have a father because, you know, like all of those things. And, and I don't think like, and a teacher shouldn't be the one that has to like that. 
goes to you know a psychological professional or people or a therapist people who are dealing with um those kind of issues i would recommend don't do anything seek other help <laughs> if you can Kara, are you still on the line yeah so you you mentioned that you worked uh, you work in a school so i i was curious about what's your own perspective uh, you know uh being a teacher and uh What's your own perspective? How is rage uh, considered and treated in, treated in, in schools, public schools? I, I think I've had to do a lot of work on healing so that kids' rage isn't, I don't take it personally. And that's kind of where I don't think, that I think teacher education should go. I kind of disagree with places that it's not like the teacher's job. But, like, we do a lot of mental health training. We do a lot of um, suicide prevention training and stuff. But there's nothing ever touched on on rage um, and that it's, like, it can be healthy and it can be useful and it can be a, a form of expression. And it doesn't need a suspension and it doesn't need a detention, you know. And so I'm, like, I'm thinking about, like, how do we educate educators in a way that says, like, rage is, is, can be healthy, Um, th this is Indra. I have a question for you. Um, so I, I don't teach. I've never really taught. I really know nothing about this. But it seems to me like what you're saying is that when in the classroom teachers see rage and they don't know how to handle it, perhaps it's because they're seeing it as a, not as a symptom but as a source of something as opposed to a symptom. So if they were to see it as a symptom and then realize, okay, how do we deal with it? You know, does this child need perhaps um, a way to express? So do you like maybe shift their day so that they can do more art or shift their day so that they can feel, be in spaces where they feel safer? You know, so, so learning to not just identify it, but identify the different kinds and, and see it as not the root of a problem, but a symptom of a problem? I, I don't know. Yeah, those are all great ideas. Um, I, I think that, like, circles have helped. When kids are raging, then you talk about it as a group in a circle, and you're like, how, is, how does this affect us? And, but it takes a lot of vulnerability out of a teacher. And I don't know. I don't know if, if that's, like, a teacher's role. I think that if you're going to be with um, the world's youth for eight hours a day, that, like, you should be able to be vulnerable and open up to, like, children's rage. But I don't think it's easily taught. I think it, it takes, like, a lifetime to learn how to deal with that. And Yeah, I mean, you know, going back to your comment that it takes a lifetime to learn to deal with that, I mean, I think that, you know, it goes beyond a curriculum, right? It goes back to you as an individual learning your own personal journey with it and then expanding from those uh, lessons into the institutions, maybe. You know, because it's not, you don't turn it on and off, the comprehension part. Yeah, and, I th and also I think maybe in schools, especially with younger uh, students, I, I feel like when I was a child, I was getting angry more frequently. I think the more we grow up, the more we expand and develop uh, our coping skills. You know, I don't get angry because somebody like Indra steals my pen, you know, uh, or, you know, I just don't do that anymore, but I might have uh, felt, like, angry, you know, over, like, something that it's very trivial. It seems very trivial to me right now. So I think that also, like, there, the, you know, th there are aspects of it. They're just uh, part of the growth of a human. 
you know. And it's okay to be angry sometimes, you know, especially when you're when you're young. It's just like your way to process things. Is this where you about to say something? Um. Yeah, yeah. If if you don't mind. Of course. Um. Uh, I just wanted to like I actually like I guess piggyback on Indra and what Simonetta were just saying a bit. Of um. I mean, I think rage is. I mean, I think we also have to remember it's a great motivator. Um, and and like and again, like it isn't always this um, like evil thing. Um, athletes use rage to like you know go the distance, and and so I think and I think the other thing, and and that also I think. Three things that, like, I know from personal experience that work are, you know, of course, self-expression, which I thought, like, Indra really made a good deal of, like, you know, maybe there's more art or more, you know, like, some people that, like, for me, that's how I get out a lot of my, you know, a lot of those feelings were through expression, through creativity. But then again, exercise and athletics, uh, sports, that kind of stuff really, really helps in dealing with those kind of feelings, with rage-like feelings. And then, of course, meditation. Meditation usually is, you know, that's one of the, I would say, maybe more elevated just because it's really hard to kind of get in a still space when you're filled with rage. But if you can get, you know, to that, it definitely helps. Um, well, I... I um cope with I, I want to thank uh, Kara for calling in. Uh, thank you for bringing your perspective to the conversation. Is there a time, or would you share a time? Um, ultimately, the question is, uh, what rage can do at, at its best? Yeah, what rage can do at its best? Um, what rage it can do at its best is uh, the civil rights movement. What rage can do at its best is... Um, hundreds of people surrounding a building and honking their horns and telling them to stop a pipeline. What rage can do at its best is wild and crazy outsider art, drag shows. Um, that's all rage pushing against what is okay for other people, what's safe and what's comfortable. Um, I would like to follow that by what rage could do at its worst <laughs> yeah is um is you know colonize a nation uh in the name of freedom uh so i mean i think there's it's interesting because it's funny as i was listening to leah say all of those great things i was also thinking of of like all of the like the civil rights movement but then of like like why we were even there in the first place and then you know keep on going further back um i think you know rage at its best those are really great examples i think my fave or one of the best examples that i don't know how how effective it was you know in in political change, but I think perspective-wise it was very effective, would be the American Indian movement, the AIM movement, 
Um, they did a lot of early work with, you know, occupying spaces. Um, I thought that was a really good um, exercise of rage. A very thoughtful, a very, actually, I would say that was a very thoughtful exercise of rage with um, probably one of the best I've seen. We have uh, a person on the line, right? Mm -hmm. Hi, what's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Amanda. I'm calling from Anchorage. Hi, Amanda. Hi. I'm, um, it's, it's been interesting listening to the two um, panelists, I guess you'd say, and I'm really curious their thoughts on with everything going on right now um, with this pandemic and with the hunker-in-place orders in, in Anchorage and, and things like that around the state, if they see any change in the way people are feeling or expressing rage um, in this particular climate that we're in right now. Um, I'm just going to repeat the question to make sure we have some delays happening. Uh, and Amanda, correct me if I, uh, you know, mess up something. But Amanda is asking uh, to the two of you, Jesus and Leah, um, specifically what's going on right now with this situation with the COVID-19, with this pandemic. Um, um, you know what? What's the role of rage with that? Yeah, or they seeing it? And how? And how? And how do you see rage uh, in this context? Does it sound fair, uh, Amanda? Did I? Uh, yeah, that's right. I guess if if they see any any difference in how rage is being felt or expressed right now. Right, and so she's asking. Amanda's asking. Do you see any difference in, um, in the way rage is expressed right now within this specific context with this what's going on right now uh, with this pandemic? Um, so it's interesting, right? Because like we have these ideas of rage as being some kind of this like almost physical expression of things, and we are like physically isolated from each other right now. Um, but I think that like an easy answer to that is like there's a lot more of like expression of frustration and a real it's a time where people are looking at the structures that are in place that have caused this rage within people for years centuries etc being kind of these structures being broken down and no longer necessary right like we we don't need them they're not working and people are seeing that and their rage now is kind of coming into this like space where we all can work collectively and we can use the rage that we all are sharing and the fear and the frustration to look at how vulnerable our society is and how vulnerable our communities are and how we have agency in fixing that and that we can help each other at this point. I think that's the positive space for rage right now. I think it's the thing that will get people out of bed if they're like swallowing depression is like, get mad about it. Like we have a moment now where we can change things because we have seen how they don't work. It's showing itself right now. The things don't work. I, I mean, I would, I, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, I think, I think right now, the thing that I'm kind of most, um, I think the most challenging thing is I think rage right now is being expressed more through inner rage rather than external because we can't really uh, um, do anything because we're quarantined. 
you know, like what can we do except for post shit, you know? Um, excuse me, sorry, I post stuff. Um, I know better, I used to have a show, sorry, sorry, Indra. Um, and, but, and so there's this, like, what I'd be more worried about is like this, what happens if the, when you just keep on having this inner rage, you can't actually do anything about it. Um, I think, you know, there's, there's a few things that I'd be worried about, which would be displaced rage or displaced aggression in which people are really upset at everything else and because they're in these small confined places with family that 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 rage against you know the machine or against you know whatever it is like the outside forces that are keeping us here then end up getting uh, affecting you know your inner family or, or families and that to me is something that I, f- I would find very challenging and scary um, I think but I do think this, I, I, what I hope is that this will do what Leah is saying, that I think, I think the people who come out of this being like with, you know, a certain amount of rage for change, that rage for change, um, those people are going to, um, you know, they're going to have a better insight into what I think our future is going to be. I think anyone who's, who thinks we can just come out of this and go back to what we were, um, those people are going to be having the hard time, and those are the institutions. And, and people have the right to be extremely outraged right now. I mean, there's people of privilege. They're exercising their privilege in times of crisis at the cost of, frankly, the majority of, of the public. And so we should be outraged, all of us.